today. I don't know how to sit in the same room with all these exalted persons. We have Doyle Mura, the newly christened temple president of Soho Street, London. <coughs> we have the Prince of Hyde who ran off to the city to become the uh, you know, Minister of the Interior or Vice President or whatever they want to call him. And we have Raj Balaba, we call him the breadwinner of the family. <laughs> and our own, you know, Abhai Das Brahmachari, who's steady as a rock. And I want you to notice something, that the picture might be a little better tonight, because we finally got our new phone, which we got just for this purpose, to make the daily readings as nice as possible visually. That said, let us get on with the real business. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Leela Stava, text 412-416. Srila Sanatam Goswami wrote this as a part of a book, the Sri Krishna Leela Stava, in order to offer 108 obeisances to Rajlila of Krishna. And it applies equally to the Bhagavad Gita, which is also a literary incarnation of Krishna. And it goes like this Sarva Shastabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedhaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva-bhagavata-prana Śrīmad-bhagavata-prabho Kalidvandudita-ditya Śrī Krishna-parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Śrīmad-bhagavatam and Bhagavad-gītā, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pupataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhu tadayin atini chochatakada hanamunchagadachin mam premna rit kandayokspuda O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love, 
there is black and white. Read these books out loud to yourself, to others. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we've reached the 13th chapter, Nature and Joy and Consciousness. It's quite a philosophical uh, chapter. And we've reached, we just finished the classic purport to verses 8 through 12, which uh, enumerate the items of knowledge. What is knowledge? And of course, Prabhupada in his usual poetic genius way came to the conclusion that knowledge begins with humility. Text 13 Yeyang yat tat pravikshami yad yat vam ritam ashnute anadi mat parang brahma nasatan nasaruchite I shall now explain the knowable, knowing which you will taste the eternal. Brahman, the spirit, beginningless and subordinate to me, lies beyond the cause and effect of this material world. Purport The Lord has explained the field of activities and the knower of the field. He has also explained the process of knowing the knower of the field of activities. Now he begins to explain the knowable, first the soul and then the super-soul. By knowledge of the knower, both the soul and the super-soul, one can relish the nectar of life. As explained in the second chapter, the living entity is eternal. This is also confirmed here. There is no specific date at which the jiva was born, nor can anyone trace out the history of the jivatma's manifestation from the Supreme Lord. Therefore, it is beginningless. The Vedic literature confirms this. Najayate, mriyate, vag bipaschit, kata upanishad, 1, 2, 18. The knower of the body is never born and never dies. He is, and he is full of knowledge. The Supreme Lord is the Super-Soul and also stated in the, in the, 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 the Supreme Lord as the Super-Soul is also stated in the Vedic literature Shvatashvatara Upanishad 6.16 to be Pradhana Chaitragya Patir Guneshaha the chief knower of the body and the master of the three modes of material nature. In the Smriti it is said, Daso Bhuta Hadir Eva Nanyashaiva Kadachana. The living entities are eternally in the service of the Supreme Lord. This is also confirmed by Lord Chaitanya in his teachings. Therefore, the description of Brahman mentioned in this verse is in relation to the individual soul. And when the word Brahman is applied to the living entity, 
it is to be understood that he is Vijnana Brahma as opposed to Ananda Brahma. Ananda Brahma is the Supreme Brahman, Personality of Godhead. Classic Srila Prabhupada. Text 14. Sarvatak Panipadam Tat Sarvato Chichiro Mukam Sarvatak Shutimaloke Sarvam Avrititishtiti Everywhere are his hands and legs, <coughs> his eyes, heads and faces, and he has ears everywhere. In this way the Supersoul exists, pervading everything. Purport As the sun exists, diffusing its unlimited rays, so does the Supersoul, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He exists in his all-pervading form, and in him exist all individual living entities, beginning from the first great teacher, Brahma, down to the small ants. There are unlimited heads, legs, hands and eyes, and unlimited living entities. All are existing in and on the Supersoul. Therefore, the Supersoul is all-pervading. The individual soul, the individual soul, however, cannot say that he has his heads, legs, and eyes everywhere. That is not possible. If he thinks that under ignorance, if he thinks that under ignorance he is not conscious that his hands and legs are diffused all over, but when he attains to proper knowledge, he will come to that stage. His thinking is contradictory. This means that the individual soul, having become conditioned by material nature, is not supreme. The supreme is different from the individual soul. The supreme Lord can extend his hand without limit. The individual soul cannot. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that if anyone offers him a flower or a fruit or a little water, he accepts it. If the Lord is far distant, a far distance away, how can he accept things? This is the omnipotence of the Lord. Even though he is situated in his own abode, far, far away from, the, from earth, he can extend his hand to accept whatever anyone offers. That is his potency. In the Brahma Sangita 537, it is stated, Goloka eva nivasatyakilatmabhutaha. Although he is always engaged in pastimes in his transcendental planet, he is all pervading. The individual soul cannot claim that he is all pervading. Therefore, this verse describes the Supreme Soul, the personality of Godhead, not the individual soul. Text 15. Sarvendriya guna bhasang sarvendriya vibhajitam asaktang sarvabrichchaiva nirgunam gunabhokpricha The Supersoul is the original source of all senses, yet he is without senses. He is unattached, although he is the maintainer of all living beings. 
He transcends the modes of nature and at the same time he is the master of all the modes of material nature. Purport. <clears throat> the Supreme Lord, although the source of all the senses of the living entities, doesn't have material senses like they have. Actually, the individual souls have spiritual senses, but in conditioned life, they are covered with the material elements. And therefore, the sense activities are exhibited through matter. The Supreme Lord's senses, <clears throat> the Supreme Lord's senses are not so covered. His senses are transcendental and therefore and are therefore called nirguna. Guna means the material modes, but his senses are without material covering. It should be understood that his senses are not exactly like ours. Although he is the source of all our sensory activities, he has his transcendental senses, which are uncontaminated. This is very nicely explained in the Shritashvatara Upanishad 3.19 in the verse Apani Pado Javano Grahita The Supreme Personality of Godhead has no hands which are materially contaminated but he has his hands and accepts whatever sacrifice is offered to him. That is the distinction between the conditioned soul and the supersoul. He has no material eyes, but he has eyes. Otherwise, how could he see? He sees everything, past, present, and future. He lives within the heart of the living being, and he knows what we have done in the past, what we are doing now, and what is awaiting us in the future. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. He knows everything, but no one knows Him. It is said that the Supreme Lord has no legs like us, but He can travel throughout space because He has spiritual legs. In other words, the Lord is not impersonal. He has His eyes, legs, hands, and everything else. And because we are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, we also have these things. But his hands, legs, eyes, and senses are not contaminated by material nature. Bhagavad Gita also confirms that when the Lord appears, he appears as he, as he is, by his internal potency. He is not contaminated by the material energy, because he is the Lord of material energy. In the Vedic literature we find that his whole embodiment is spiritual. He has his eternal form called Satchidananda Vigraha. He is full of all opulence. He is the proprietor of all wealth and the owner of all energy. He is the most intelligent and is full of knowledge. These are some of the symptoms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the maintainer of all living entities and the witness of all activity. As far as we can understand from Vedic literature, the Supreme Lord 
is always transcendental. Although we do not see his head, face, hands, or legs, he has them. And when we are elevated, and when we are elevated to the transcendental situation, we can see the Lord's form. Due to materially contaminated senses, we cannot see his form. Therefore, the impersonalists who are still materially affected cannot understand the personality of Godhead. Text 16 Bahir antas chabutanam achadam chadame bacha sukshmatvat sukshmatvat tadvigyayam drudastam chantike chatat The Supreme Truth exists outside and inside of all living beings, the moving and the non-moving. Because he is subtle, he is beyond the power of the material senses to see or to know. Although far, far away, he is also near to all. Purport In Vedic literature, we understand that Narayana, the Supreme Person, is residing both outside and inside of every living entity. He is present in both the spiritual and material worlds. Although he is far, far away, he still he is near to us. These are the statements of Vedic literature. Asino duram brajati shayano yati sarvatak Kata Upanishad 1.2.21 And because he is always engaged in transcendental bliss, we cannot understand how he is enjoying his full opulence. We cannot see or understand with these material senses. Therefore, in the Vedic language, it is said that to understand him, our material mind and senses cannot act. But one who has purified his mind and senses by practicing Krishna consciousness in devotional service can see him constantly. <clears throat> it is confirmed in Brahma Sangita that the devotee who has developed love for the Supreme God can see him always <clears throat> without cessation. And it is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 1154 that he can be seen and understood only by devotional service. Bhaktya Tvananyaya Shaktya Text 17 Abhibhaktam Chabhuteshu Vibhaktam Ibachastitam Bhutabhartri Chataj Gyayam Grashnishnu Prabhavishnucha Although the Supersoul appears to be divided among all beings, he is never divided. He is situated as one. Although he is the maintainer of every living entity, it is to be understood that he devours and develops all. Purport The Lord is situated in everyone's heart as the Supersoul. Does this mean 
that he has become divided? No, actually he is one. The example is given of the sun. The sun at the meridian is situated in its place. But if one goes for 5,000 miles in all directions and asks, where is the sun? Everyone will say that it is shining on his head. In the Vedic literature, this example is given to show that although he is undivided, he is situated as if divided. Also it is said in the Vedic literature that one Vishnu is present everywhere by his omnipotence. Just as the sun appears in many places to many persons. And the Supreme Lord, although the maintainer of every living entity, devours everything at the time of annihilation. This was confirmed in the 11th chapter when the Lord said that He had come to devour all the warriors assembled at Kurukshetra. He also mentioned that in the form of time He devours also. He is the annihilator, the killer of all. When there is creation, He develops all from their original state. At the time of, at the, and at the time of annihilation, He devours them. The Vedic hymns confirmed the fact that He is the origin of all living entities and the rest of all. After creation, everything rests in His omnipotence. And after annihilation, everything again returns to rest in Him. These are the confirmations of Vedic hymns. Yetova imani bhutani jayante yena jatani jivanti yat paryant abhisangvishanti tad brahma tad vijigyasasva Taitari Upanishad 3.1.1 Text 18 Jyotishan apitaj jyotis tamasak padamuchate yanam yeyam yanagamyam vidisarvasyavishtitam. He is the source of light in all luminous objects. He is beyond the darkness of matter and is unmanifested. He is knowledge. He is the object of knowledge and He is the goal of knowledge. He is situated in everyone's heart. PURPORT The Supersoul, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is the source of light in all luminous objects, like the sun, moon, and stars. In the Vedic literature, we find that in the spiritual kingdom, there is no need of sun or moon because the effulgence of the Supreme Lord is there. In the material world, that Brahmajyoti, the Lord's spiritual effulgence, is covered by the Mahat Tattva, the material elements. Therefore, in this material world, we require the assistance of sun, moon, electricity, and so on, for light. But in the spiritual world, there is no need of such things. It is clearly stated in the Vedic literature 
that because of his luminous effulgence, everything is illuminated. It is clear, therefore, that his situation is not in the material world. He is situated in the spiritual world, which is far, far away in the spiritual sky. That is also confirmed in the Vedic literature, Aditya Varnam Tapasak Padastat Shvitashvatara Upanishad 3.8 He is just like the sun, eternally luminous, but he is far, far beyond the darkness of this material world. His knowledge is transcendental. The Vedic literature confirms that Brahman is concentrated transcendental knowledge. To one who is anxious to be transferred to that spiritual world, knowledge is given by the Supreme Lord, who is situated in everyone's heart. One Vedic mantra, Shvitashvatara Upanishad 6.18, says, Tam ha devam atma buddhi prakasham mumukshur vai sharanam aham prapadye. One must surrender unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead if he at all wants liberation. As far as the goal of ultimate knowledge is concerned, it is also confirmed in Vedic literature, tam eva vidit vati mrityum eti. Only by knowing Him can one surpass the boundary of birth and death. Sri Tashwitara Upanishad 3.8 He is situated in everyone's heart as the Supreme Controller. The Supreme has legs and hands distributed everywhere and this cannot be said of the individual soul. Therefore, that there are two knowers of the field of activity, the individual soul and the super-soul must be admitted. One's hands and legs are distributed locally, but Krishna's hands and legs are distributed everywhere. This is confirmed in the Shvetashvatara Upanishad 3.17 Sarvasya Prabhum Ishanam Sarvasya Sharanam Brihat That Supreme Personality of Godhead, Super Soul, is the Prabhu, or Master, of all living entities. Therefore, He is the ultimate shelter of all living entities. So there is no denying the fact that the, that the Supreme Super Soul and the individual soul are always different. Text 19 Iti Chetram Tatag Gyanam Gyayam Choktam Samasataha Mad Bhakta Etad Vigyaya Mad Bhava Yopapadyate Thus the field of activities, the body, knowledge, <coughs> and the knowable have been summarily described by me. Only my devotees can understand this thoroughly and thus attain to my nature. PURPORT The Lord has described in summary the body, knowledge, and the knowable. This knowledge is of three things, the knower, the knowable, and the process of knowing. 
Combined, these are called Vijnana, or the science of knowledge. Perfect knowledge can be understood by the unalloyed devotees of the Lord directly. Others are unable to understand. The monists say that at the ultimate stage, these three items become one, but the devotees do not accept this. Knowledge and development of knowledge mean understanding oneself in Krishna consciousness. We are being led by material consciousness, but as soon as we transfer all consciousness to Krishna's activities and realize that Krishna is everything, then we attain real knowledge. In other words, knowledge is nothing but the preliminary stage of understanding devotional service perfectly. In the 15th chapter, this will be clearly, very clearly explained. Now, to summarize, one may understand that verse 6 and 7, beginning from Mahabhutani and continuing through Chaitana Dritihi, analyze the material elements and certain manifestations of the symptoms of life. These combine to form the body or the field of activities. And verses 8 through 12 from Amanitvam through Tattvadhyanartha Darshanam describe the process of knowledge for understanding both types of knower and the field of activities, namely the soul and the super-soul. Then verses 13 through 18, beginning from Anadi Matpadam and continuing through Ridhisarvasya Vishtitam, describe the soul and the super-soul the, and the Supreme Lord or the super-soul. Thus, three items have been described. The field of activity, the body, the process of understanding, and both the soul and the super-soul. It is especially described here that only the unalloyed devotees of the Lord can understand these three items clearly. So for these devotees, Bhagavad Gita is fully useful. It is they who can attain to the, to attain the supreme goal, the nature of the supreme Lord, Krishna. In other words, only devotees and not others can understand Bhagavad Gita and derive the desired result. Text 20 Prakriting Purusham Chaiva Vidyanadi Vauvapi Vikarangs Chagunangs Chaiva Vidi Prakriti Sambhavan Material nature and the living entities should be understood to be beginningless. Their transformations and the modes of matter are products of material nature. PURPORT By the knowledge given in this chapter, one can understand the body, the field of activities, and the knowers of the body, both the individual soul and the super-soul. The body, the body is the field of activity and is composed of material nature. The individual soul that is embodied and enjoying the activities of the body is the Purusha, 
or the living entity. He is one knower and the other is the Supersoul. Of course, it is to be understood that both the Supersoul and the individual entity are different manifestations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The living entity is in the category of his energy and the Supersoul is in the category, category of his personal expansion. Both material nature and the living entity are eternal. That is to say that they existed before the creation. The material manifestation is from the energy of the Supreme Lord and so also are the living entities. But the living entities are of the superior energy. Both the living entities and material nature existed before this cosmos was manifested. Material nature was absorbed in the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Mahavishnu, and when it was required, it was manifested by the agency of Mahat Tattva. Similarly, the living entities are also in Him, and because they are conditioned, they are averse to serving the Supreme Lord. Thus, they are not allowed to enter into the spiritual sky. But with the coming forth of material nature, these living entities are again given a chance to act in the material world and prepare themselves to enter into the spiritual world. That is the mystery of this material creation. Actually, the living entity is originally the spiritual part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, but due to his rebellious nature, he is conditioned within material nature. It really does not matter how these living entities or superior entities of the Supreme Lord have come in contact with material nature. I'll repeat that again. It really does not matter how these living entities or superior entities of the Supreme Lord have come in contact with material nature. The Supreme Personality of Godhead knows, however, how and why this actually took place. In the scriptures, the Lord says that those attracted by this material nature are undergoing a hard struggle for existence. But we should know, but we should know it with certainty from the descriptions of these few verses that all transformations and influences of material nature by the three modes are also productions of material nature. All transformations and variety in respect to living entities are due to the body. As far as spirit is concerned, living entities are all the same. Text 21. Karya Karanakartvitve Hetu Prakritir Uchite Purushak Sukaduganam Bhoktritve Hetu Uchite Nature is said to be the cause of all material causes and effects, whereas the living entity is the cause of the various sufferings and enjoyments in this world. Purport The different manifestations of body and senses 
among the living entities are due to material nature. There are 8,400,000 different species of life and these varieties are creations of the material nature. They arise from different sensual pleasures of the living entity who thus desires to live in this body or that. When he is put into different bodies, he enjoys different kinds of happiness and distress. His material happiness and distress are due to his body not and not to himself as he is. In his original state, there is no doubt of enjoyment. Therefore, that is his real state. Because of the desire to lord it over material nature, he is in the material world. In the spiritual world, there is no such thing. The spiritual world is pure, but in the material world, everyone is struggling hard to acquire different kinds of pleasures for the body. It might be more clear to state that this body is the effect of the senses. The senses are instruments for gratifying desire. Now, the sum total body and instrument senses are offered by material nature and as will be clear in the next verse the living entity is blessed or damned with circumstances according to his past desire and activity according to one's desires and activities material nature places one in various residential quarters the being himself is the cause of his attaining such residential quarters and his attendant enjoyment or suffering. Once placed in some particular kind of body, he comes under the control of nature because the body, being matter, acts according to the laws of nature. At that time, the living entity has no power to change that law. Suppose an, suppose an entity is put into the body of a dog. As soon as he is put into the body of a dog, he must act like a dog. He cannot act otherwise. And if the living entity is put into the body of a hog, then he is forced to eat stool and act like a hog. Similarly, if the living entity is put into the body of a demigod, he must act according to his body. This is the law of nature. But in all circumstances, the super-soul is with the individual soul. That is explained in the Vedas, Mundaka Upanishad 3.1.1 as follows, Dva Suparna Sayuja Sakayaha The Supreme Lord is so kind upon the living entity that he always accompanies the individual soul and in all circumstances is present as the super-soul or Paramatma. Text 22 Purushak prakriti stohi bhunkte prakriti jan gunan karanam gunasangosya sadasad yoni janmasu the living entity in material nature thus follows the ways of life, enjoying the three modes of nature. 
This is due to his association with that material nature. Thus he meets with good and evil among various species. Purport. This verse is very important for understanding. This verse is very important for an understanding of how the living entities transmigrate from one body to another. It is explained in the second chapter that the living entity is transmigrating from one body to another just as one changes dress. This change of dress is due to his attachment to material existence. As long as he is captivated by this false manifestation, he has to continue transmigrating from one body to another. Due to his desire to lord it over material nature, he is put into such undesirable circumstances. Under the influence of material desire, the entity is born sometimes as a demigod, sometimes as a man, sometimes as a beast, as a bird, as a worm, as an aquatic, as a saintly man, and as a bug. This is going on. And in all cases, the living entity thinks himself to be the master of his circumstances. Yet he is under the influence of material nature. How he is put into different bodies, how he is put into such different bodies is explained here. It is due to association with the different modes of nature. One has to rise, therefore, above the three material modes and become situated in the transcendental position. That is called Krishna Consciousness. Unless one is situated in Krishna Consciousness, his material consciousness will oblige him to transfer from one body to another because he has material desires since time immemorial. But he has to change that conception. That change can be effected only by hearing from authoritative sources. The best example is here. Arjuna is hearing the science of God from Krishna. The living entity, if he submits to this hearing process, will lose his long-cherished desire to dominate material nature and gradually and proportionately as he reduces his long desire to dominate, he comes to enjoy spiritual happiness. In the Vedic mantra it is said that as he becomes learned in association with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he proportionately relishes his eternal, blissful life. And we'll stop our reading tonight. Hare Krishna. That's already 7.50. And invite all the assembled sages uh, to offer their reflections. Anything that stuck out uh, in this reading that they want to reflect upon or discuss further or whatever. Hare Krishna. Raj has got his hands up. He's eager. Hare Krishna Maharaj.
just in the um, text 22 in the closing pair or sentences of the verse Prabhupada uh, sort of gives us the um, solution to getting out of all these material modes of nature when he says the living entity if he submits to the hearing process will lose his long cherished desire to dominate material nature and gradually and proportionately as he reduces his long desire to dominate he comes to enjoy spiritual happiness well put Prabhupada's this is a classic these purports were classic classic the basics of Christian consciousness are put in such a classic way Radharaman is like he's got his hand out waiting for the microphone okay there it is yeah I don't have any verbatim quotes to hand but there's at least was two places where Prabhupada was saying early on in the reading where the, the, he's saying words to the effect that the complexities of the subject matter can only be understood by a devotee and not in any other way yes um, which g goes against the idea that um, spiritual topics can be understood from an academic perspective and uh, that kind of thing precisely there's no, I found that there's no substitute for hearing Srila Prabhupada's uh, words, the flow of his thought pattern and, and the sentences as they flow from one subject to a matter. It's, they're not just words. They're like the way they're put together and the flow, it's empowered to actually do what this says and wake up the soul. And if you dice it and slice it and cut it apart and put it together again in another order thinking that this is going to make it more accessible to people who are used to studying in a more you know academic way uh, they lose the, it seems to me that persons who have gotten into that they lose the juice and they lose the taste for explaining so directly and so uh, eloquently the real situation in the material world for the purpose of getting the people out so what is the purpose of the academic approach is to entertain ourselves and to entertain others basically and put ourselves into a higher position but these purports of Prabhupada are just the outpouring of compassion to the conditioned souls to show them how they can actually come out not to put me in a position where you can worship me and never mind about you therefore Srila Prabhupada used to say that he was proud that his movement was not known by his name mm. he, he said I, I was wor I was in an airport I was transiting through an airport in somewhere like Greece or somebody some out-of-the-way airport in the middle of the night and someone saw us and he waved and he said oh Hare Krishna and he was so ecstatic because he was acknowledging that this was the Hare Krishna movement and we were Hare Krishna's 
And you put Krishna in the center always. So yeah, I can't agree with you more. The, the academic approach tends toward information content and getting bits of information and a lot of information into your you know, system. But we can't actually understand it, as you said just now, unless you're a devotee. And only a devotee can read like that. And therefore it says that the knowledge in the Bhagavatam, it says this knowledge is only possible to receive in the, in the association of other Vaishnavas who have a taste for hearing it straight. Hare Krishna. What about out in cyberspace or, or no more? May have something to say? Um, I have nothing to add on top of that already. Extremely deep and, and very elaborated for what you just gave there. Hare Krishna. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. First off the block, every night. He says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled devotees, Jai Sri the Prabhupada. Hare Krishna, thank you for that. Rati Manjari says, Jai Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Rati. Radharaman commented fantastic picture quality Com fantastic what picture quality oh fantastic picture picture quality oh i see it was the flowers okay i'll pick it later <clears throat> oh good so that that means it's a big big difference eh he says it's the best ever Va fantastic that makes it worth it worth worth our while thank you very much i was hoping we get that uh comment, especially from you, Rati Manjari. And then from Vilas Manjari. Haribo Vilas Manjari. She says, the safest place in the material world. Thank you, dear Maharaj. Hare Krishna. The safe haven. That's that proof that we're actually being successful. From Bhakti Noel. Haribo Bhakti Noel. He says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I appreciated hearing today that, quote, the Supreme Truth exists outside and inside of all living beings, unquote. This brings relief to my conditioned soul and mind. It reiterates that if we continue with our devotional service, He is always near. Mm. We are so lucky for this constant source of light that is always situated in our hearts. Thank you very much. That was well put. Well put. Thank you. From Saksham Kumar. Saksham Kumar. He says, Hare Krishna Gurudev. Does God come to earth and enjoy different bodies of different creatures here in the world? We'll hear in the next verse tomorrow that he comes to this world and expands himself into the heart of all 
living beings as the uh, sanctioner and the uh, witness. Uh, he also comes in his original form, but he doesn't, in his original form, uh, enjoy through all the different bodies. Uh, he is the supreme enjoyer, and we are enjoyed by him. And we are to be served. We are to, we are to serve him, rather, uh, and give him pleasure. That is the actual real situation. So no, God doesn't come in, into the bodies of living entities to, to enjoy their activities. Because their activities through the senses are enjoyment and suffering. As it says in the verse, the cause of the suffering and enjoyment are the living entities. Because they're the conscious part of the material existence. But, but the, the Vedas say that the body is like a tree which has two birds sitting in it. And one of the birds is trying to enjoy the fruits of the tree and the other bird is just a witness. He's not, in, he's not interested in enjoying the fruits of the material world. Krishna is not interested in material energy and enjoying the material energy at all because he has transcendental senses that are eternal and the spiritual world is, is in a spiritual environment more variegated than, he, than the material world and, he, and there he enjoys. To take that idea to the logical conclusion it means he is an enjoyer like us. And you can never hear submissively and actually submit to the instructions of Krishna with that mentality. Hare Krishna. He has one more question also. Uh-huh. He was asking, he says, How old are you, Gurudev? I'm 75, going on 76 in this body. But that's not me. As we heard just now, I'm eternal. I was never born and I never die. Hare Krishna. From Sham Kishore? Sham Kishore. Hare Bo. He says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances or glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you very much, Guru Maharaj, for that powerful reading. I missed a few readings live due to evening preaching and events, but I am so grateful that I heard you live today. Thank you for being there for all of us daily and giving us the association of Srila Prabhupada. Thank you, Sham Kishore. I appreciate it. And please continue to preach. Go out, meet people, make devotees, distribute books. Yes. And I think that the reading was tonight a little particularly uh, exceptional. And I think it's because I'm sitting in a room with exceptional devotees. And their ears are exceptionally uh, refined and capable of hearing. And therefore, the words are coming out a little better in, than normal. That was 
No, we're, we're not going to let it. We're not going to let him get away with this. Oh, no, I can't. I only, I already asked him. He has to. You have to give him. You have to give him the microphone. Choose. I would just like to add that uh, Sham Kishore has been doing fantastic preaching recently. Yes, I know that. And and on Friday we had a very nice event on, on Mantra Fridays, and people he just met that day on the street they came to mm. that event. It's with that see. potency just to bring them. Just see his uh, sincerity, his purity, and his uh, determination to follow the instructions of his spiritual master. He has, an, he has an important role to play. Incredibly important. Yes. In fact, we can't do without him. You heard that, right, Sham Kishore? You are still listening, I hope. Hare Krishna. Please never leave us, Sham Kishore. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Got a direct order from your temple president. <laughs> that was a slam dunk, and that was a arrangement by Krishna. No? <laughs> he also commented, I really appreciated the point that as we hear, our desires change, and that desire to control and enjoy brings another body. I, I better become an expert reader. Expert hearer. Also expert reader, but I, I cannot... I mean, every time I read Prabhupada's books and I hear how important it is to hear, because we're getting this knowledge through the ear. We don't get it in our minds. Just re you, do you realize, I heard this from Gopi Puranadana Prabhu, that in the Vedic age, it was considered sinful to read from a book, the Vedas. Wow. It's not considered sinful now because there's nothing more we can do, practically. But it is a fact, it's a Vedic conjunction, that we get this knowledge through hearing and remembering. And then Prabhupada says on top of that, in his purports of the Gita, maybe it's the Bhagavatam, hearing and explaining is more important than reading. That's a direct quote. Hare Krishna. Shamkishwar also described this event. He said a few days ago, I met a boy as he was as he was walking. As I was walking to get my books in an office, who took a book and later came to Studio One Hundred Eight. They had a great time. First time they chanted and were very happy. Most satisfying experience ever. Thank you, Guru Maharaj, for engaging me in making a difference in people's lives and my own life, too. Yes, that is the process. You keep doing that process and everything else will come. Krishna will fulfill all your desires. He will fulfill, give you everything you need and want, except if those things will cause you to forget him. And he will not allow that. So he'll arrange that you can remember him always. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. She says, Tonight we have heard in a nutshell the setup of the material world. Mm. What always overwhelms me is that Krishna would take such a great trouble to accommodate a few rebels. How can we understand this, dear Guru Maharaj? How can we understand that? He's, a he's the father of everyone. 
just like a father may have a certain number of sons, and then one son will just, all, all of a sudden, for seemingly no reason, he'll just leave. And the father will be in anxiety. He doesn't care. He just goes out in the, and he grovels in the street or he does whatever, becomes a hippie or whatever it becomes. But his father is actually keeps his room for him, keeps in his things, and just waits for him to come back. So Krishna's father of everyone, so that's why he does that. But he's such a good friend, the best friend, the only friend that can accompany us wherever we go, which is the one of the purports of this chapter. Krishna stays with us and goes with us and witnesses everything, imagine, and still stays with us and just waits. He's like, we're like the, I, I mentioned this the other night, he's like the guest in our hearts and we're like the host because this is our, you know, body field of activities as we just heard. Individual soul has the, is the individual proprietor of this body and not of all the bodies but the super soul He's in the not just our body, but in everybody, and he's the he's the guest. But we're such bad hosts that you know the guest room is just getting you know dirtier and dirtier, and we're not cleaning. 